This episode of Women on the Rise is sponsored by The Riveter, a work and collaborative space built for changemakers. Stay tuned to the end for more information about how you can join The Riveter's movement for women and allies to succeed. That would be my big thing is recognizing when you need a break and then honoring that and taking. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Lara Dolch, and each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul without turning your life upside down. Today, I'm talking to Jill Angelo, co-founder and CEO of Genev, a digital health solution that helps women in midlife manage the third phase of their reproductive health. Genev's mission is to help the 50 million menopausal women in the U.S. feel fabulous in their bodies. Jill is also a former Microsoft executive where she spent 15 years growing consumer brands, managing consumer distribution channels, and leading global media for brands such as Surface and Xbox. She was named one of Inc. Magazine's 2016 most impressive women entrepreneurs, and is quickly becoming one of my favorite kindred spirits in Seattle. Thank you so much for being here, Jill. It's my pleasure, and thank you for the kind introduction. Oh, um, my Kindred goodness. spirits, indeed. <laughs> I know, right? It's true. It's true. And I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and, and also because I, you know, I'm interested in, in sort of your um, transition from the corporate world into entrepreneurship and, and how maybe that's changed your, your view of wellness. So, so maybe we can talk a little bit more about that. I, I would love to start with, could you share a little bit more about Genev and its mission and also what prompted you to start it? Absolutely. Um, you know, so you, you eloquently put um, Genev's mission out there around uh, really helping women in midlife um, take back control of their health and manage their health as their bodies are starting to change. And, you know, what prompted me to go there, so I'm a pretty health conscious person myself, and I had been in the corporate space my entire career for about 20 years, and it was fantastic. I got to meet incredible people, travel the world, I had cool jobs, and yet you know, balancing my health was always, you know, a bit of a challenge as it is with anyone trying to balance all parts of life. Mm -hmm. And my own personal passion has always been at the core, helping women and girls have strong confidence. Because I think if we're confident, we show up as our best selves. And a large component of that is physically how we feel, which leads us back to health. And you know, as I start to approach kind of midlife, I started to question, okay, what am I supposed to be doing in my career? What's the right thing that really speaks to my heart and my passion as many, both men and women do at that point in their lives. And uh, one thing led to another and I made the decision. Now is the time. I met some incredible people that kind of helped me take that leap and um, started Genev because really the focus on women in midlife is it's kind of me, you know? And so yeah, I'm just yeah. focusing on myself. And it's amazing how women in this age category are like thirsty for information and answers and community and solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and when I met you, I just, I was like so thrilled that someone was filling this space because I too am in midlife and, and it hadn't even actually occurred to me that there wasn't a place for me to 
go. Like the questions that you're answering weren't even things that I think I had asked myself necessarily. And I have found it such an amazing resource in the short time that I've, that I've known about it. And can you actually talk a little bit more? You mentioned that, you know, just the physical health um, being such a huge part of showing up in your lives. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, and how that has played out for you personally? Sure. So, you know, I grew up pretty healthy. I grew up on a cattle ranch in the middle of North Dakota. Physically working as a family was at the core of what we did. So that was kind of instilled in me from an early age, being active. I've got good genes in that space. (laughs) Um, But, you know, as I continued to progress in my career, I really was hungry for venues where, you know, I can have goals and achieve things. And I got into marathoning and um, I was running marathons right and left, loving it, feeling great, accomplishing, you know, when you say, oh yeah, I just did a 20 miler today, or I just ran this marathon. You feel, you feel good. Like it's good to have goals. Most people don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, my health started to decline and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's going on? Am I overdoing it? Or like Mm -hmm. my digestive kind of health was declining and I'm a high strung person from a stress perspective. So, you know, you add some stress, you add maybe a lot of running. And I, you know, had some kind of serious side effects that were, had no answers associated with them. My hair was falling Mm. out. My skin looked terrible. um, I was losing a ton of weight, couldn't keep a lot of food in me and had kind of bounced from doctor to doctor and finally found one that diagnosed me with celiac disease. Mm -hmm. And once I figured that out and changed my diet, wow. Not only did I feel better, I gained weight, my energy was up, my reproductive health like came back. And as a result, my confidence shot up. And so Mm -hmm. that was a moment of truth around, God, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling until I could feel amazing. And it was amazing how confidence was such a parallel with it. And from a confidence perspective, I just showed up better. I I smiled more. I was a better leader. I, you know, excelled more at work in my professional career. I was probably a more bright and cheerful person to be around and even just got some of that feedback from friends and, you know, met my husband at that time. So it's just, there were so wow. many aspects of life and confidence tied to my physical well-being. It was just such a kind of a turning moment for me. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't think I I knew bits and pieces of that story, but I don't think I knew the whole thing. And just to hear you tell about that transformation is like is amazing. Like especially the what you were saying about not even realizing how bad you were feeling until you felt better. Exactly. And you don't. I think so often we just get into the norms of life and our routines without when you have nothing to compare that to and it just incrementally maybe declines. You just Mm -hmm. don't know until you do make that change. And you always need some sort of catalyst to make that change, uh, unfortunately. And the catalyst is usually a downturn or a dark moment or something kind of tragic. And for me, it was running uh, the New York Marathon, you know, and I had just like an episode where I was like, okay, something's going on with my body. And I overcame it at that moment, but it was this moment of truth that said, you need to go get checked out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're right. It does often take that kind of dramatic moment to have us sort of turn the spotlight on, you know, how we're taking care of ourselves. What's, so what's different now? I mean, obviously, you know, that you have, you know, celiac disease and that, that makes a big difference in how you take care of yourself. But like beyond that and the specifics of that, what has changed in terms of your perspective around wellness? You know, I think number one, 
we have more control over our wellness than we think we do. So many people are like, oh, I could never do that. I could never keep that routine. I could never avoid eating amazing breads or I can't take dairy out. God, I just love dairy so much. But when you notice the difference, if you at least give it a shot and you notice a difference in the health change that you've made, whether it's diet, whether it's routine, whether it is sleep, it's really hard to go back to the old. And I think um, breaking those, either what our mind is telling us or behaviors is just, that's taking the leap, but it's so important because we're so much more capable and in control of our health and wellness than we think we are, or than, than we think we're capable. And when I left my corporate job to start this business, one promise I made to myself was seven to eight hours of sleep a night because sleep is so needed and I don't want to keep looking older and I want, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a youth serum, I think in many sure. ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and also uh, just to start my day as I'd always dreamed I would every day with fresh air outside, time, you know, giving myself the things I want in the morning, whether it is news, whether it is quiet time, whether it is a run, whether it's a swim, just do that. Uh, and I, rather than rushing off someplace, um, getting in the car, grabbing my coffee off to the office, I'm trying to make a space for that. And again, it all comes back to, I'm capable of controlling things more than I thought I was in the past. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It reminds me of this um, conversation uh, that I had with um, Amy Nelson, the co-founder of the Riveter um, here in Seattle. And she was talking about, you know, what's wellness now? What does that mean now in this moment? And I'm curious about, you know, so we talked about what that looks like for you now, thinking back to your corporate career. What was wellness for you then? Like, how did you define it then? It was the shoulds and the obligations. It was, well, I've got to get five miles in this morning. I've got to get six in because that will help sustain me and keep me awake for the rest of the day. And I got that in whether I had had five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep. I was going to make time for that in the morning, mm -hmm. sometimes probably at the detriment of other things like sleep or, you mm -hmm. know, and so before it was a check the box and a plan and a routine that I felt I needed to be beholden to no matter how my body was feeling. And now I am much more aware of what's the right thing for me in any certain day. So my routine, yeah. quote unquote, is, hey, check in first. You might say, yep, today's a running day or today is a paddleboarding day. And you might feel like something different in the morning and to listen to that. So to me, wellness is certainly being much more aware of what's going on in my body and my mind and then responding to that. And I think in the past, in my corporate life, I didn't I didn't slow down to do that, or maybe this is just age. I think that listening component is so important in wellness that we often, we're just not aware of it until I think we get in a position where we get to listen a little bit and, and realize the change that it makes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And listening to your body and also the flexibility that you give yourself. Like, I think that that's a, a um, especially for very high achieving women and, and men, you know, high achieving people, <laughs> the, the, idea that wellness has to be super structured and super strict, whether it's a diet or an exercise regimen, like you were saying, or any of that. And the, the grace to, you know, that you give yourself when you allow that flexibility, what do I feel like doing today is part of it too. And how has that 
sort of positively affected your experience of wellness? Like when you think, when you give yourself that flexibility now versus like, I'm going to (laughs) run no matter what. Right. You know, I think it's calmed me down. Mm. Uh, because I'm yeah. not, again, beholden to a plan or a schedule. And so it calms me. If one morning I just want to stretch and that's what my body's asking for and, you know, I'm super tired or whatever in other ways, you know, I know that there are benefits that I wouldn't even know had I not done that. Um, for example, if I had forced myself to push through the super tiredness because of where I'm at in my cycle, or Mm -hmm. just because I've been traveling and just got home and I was like, but today's a running day, got to get out there. I don't think we see the damage to our body until other areas or times when you get sick or ill and, and, you know, knock on wood, I don't get the routine illnesses and colds and, bronchitis and things I used to always get when I was on kind of more of a regimen corporate life schedule. Um, And so I don't know if that's an outcome of that, but certainly that listening to myself um, is, it's kind of empowering in in a way because like, I'm all right. I still get miles in or I'm still able to run. I haven't lost my edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not be as fast as I used to be, but <laughs> y- who, you know, no one uh, is. <laughs> who, yeah. Who's, who's doing the timer. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's a good thing. It's empowering. Yeah. I was just thinking about how that now filters into your, your stress level, for example, is no different now. In fact, it might even be higher than it was than you when you're in the corporate career, right? You're trying to build a startup and you're, um, that's incredibly stressful. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the environment hasn't necessarily changed. It's the way that you're approaching it has, is the only thing that's really changed. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I, I think that's an accurate way to talk about it. The stress level is high now in different ways as an entrepreneur because it all kind of comes back to you. Every decision that's made, the work that has to be done, the direction you take the business, you know, the cash flow, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what I've learned is it, it's really self-driven. Whereas I think when I was in a larger company, I was a cog in the wheel for sure. And again, I'm not discounting that by any means because there's a lot of self-driven energy and achievement and progression there as well. But this particular life as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to balance everything. And early on when I started this, I just gave it every single ounce of my time, energy, et cetera. And you start to realize, okay, mm, this is not, this isn't achieving Jill, what you would hope to when you left the corporate career in terms of overall wellness. So I don't get it perfect every time is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also now see this, it's not a sprint. It is like, look at the long game, both body, health, mind, but also from my business perspective. And you know that helps you put into perspective everything you do every day. There's not a sprint every day. It is just like, there's a path to the future down the road. You know, I look more in terms of kind of five-year increments a little Mm -hmm, bit more mm -hmm. that, again, give me perspective around moderation and or timing or pacing or, you know, planning. Uh, It just really helps put some of that into perspective for me so that I'm not racing every day and trying to keep up with somebody else 
because I'm setting that pace. And if it's a crazy pace, it's because I set it and I can dial it back if I need to. Right, right. Yeah, that makes me curious about, you know, is there a particular habit or a particular sort of decision around self-care that you made that sort of disproportionately affected your well-being and your success, something that had a huge effect that you wouldn't necessarily have anticipated? Yeah. You know, now I can see, feel, hear, and recognize when I need a break. And when I need a break, meaning go have a lovely evening with my husband or take the weekend off, you know, Mm -hmm. quote unquote from work. And I, I see it in the moments where I can't focus. I'm being kind of like grumbly and anti-productive and really struggling with a piece of work I'm doing, whether it's, you know, financials or whether it's, you know, um, a piece of content or a, a campaign or an initiative that we're working on. When I'm struggling to get that done and or think through it or whatever, I'm like, okay, it's time to pause and step away from it. And I couldn't see that before. And that has fundamentally changed my productivity and my, just how I approach, even love my business at times, you know, I don't love it so much. And I'm like, I really love it. An easier, different path. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to take a break. Just step away. And it's, this is just, you know, representative of this particular moment in time. I coach powerful women on the rise every day. And one thing I see us all do is get in our own way sometimes, especially when it comes to eating healthier, exercising more, getting more sleep, and kicking the habits that make us feel less than powerful. And here's the rub. We often know we're doing it. We might even know why. What we don't know is what to do about it and how to fit that what into our already overbooked lives. That's why I created my free get out of your own way guide and online workshop. Give me 20 minutes and I'll show you exactly how to stop sabotaging your goals to eat healthier, exercise more, get more sleep, and kick the habits that have gotten you out of shape and out of sorts. So you can wake up every day feeling on fire for your life and have the vibrant, healthy, and confident career and life you really want. To get your free copy, visit laradolch.com slash free dash guide. That would be my big thing is recognizing when you need a break and then honoring that and taking it yeah, and not that's, feeling guilty. Yeah. That's so funny that you bring that up because I, I always call that, um, I call it the, I need a break alarm. It's what's your, I need a break alarm. And your alarm is I can't focus on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is similar actually. Mine is, you know, I'm staring at my computer screen and I'm not actually doing anything. And I notice that this is happening for some people, you know, it's um, their stomach feels weird or their back hurts. And I always, you know, you know, for those who are listening, like get really in touch with what is your, I need a break alarm to Jill's point. Like that's the, you know, if, as soon as you tune into that, then you can respond to it. So, so then my, my next question is actually what, what have you noticed happens when you do listen to it? So what happens when you come back from that break? I'm an altogether different person. Like my passion's back, mm. um, my focus, my productivity. I'm kind of amazed sometimes at what I'm capable of. And yeah. so I almost anticipate those moments now. So it's become the carrot or the treat, you know, for taking the break. And so when I shut my, I shut my computer and I go take that break, however, for whatever reason or however long it is or whatnot, um, when I come back, it, I'm just such a different person. And so yeah. when I shut the computer in the lid, I'm kind of thinking, okay, 
wow, what is it going to be like when I come back here? And I almost think about that feeling with anticipation. I love that. It's like that, what's that sort of um, burst of energy or creativity or whatever going to be like? Yeah. It's like a shot of dopamine or something, you know, something that's hit me. And so it's kind of my own, and it's only something that I feel or experience or do. It's very, you know, personal in my own little world. And I'm just like, whoa, that's, that's a great, it's a great feeling. I got to take more breaks. I got to give myself space from this more. And so when you think about wellness, whatever I feel that other time, that space with, whether it's time with my husband or family or working out or, you know, shopping or cooking or it's whatever I need in that moment, um, that's to me the wellness that I'm finally, I'm I'm like, I have finally like figured out something that's really, really good for me. That is so apparent, but we just don't. We don't recognize it. Well, and just noticing, it sounds like you've also noticed how it fuels your business, like in a, in a different way, like, you know, being able to anticipate that, that fuel that's going to come later and be excited about that, yeah. um, which helps you kind of listen to it next time. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm curious, you talked a little bit about, um, growing up and, um, how physical activity was baked into your growing up. Were there any stories around being well and healthy that you sort of in it, you know, kind of learned growing up, not necessarily because they were told to you, but that you sort of picked up that you think have informed the way you take care of yourself as an adult. You know, there was always a huge emphasis on just get outside, you know, and I grew up in North Dakota. And so it's either hot there, windy or really cold. And we made the best of any season. And as long, you know, and it was like anytime we were edgy or whatever, like it was kind of like, okay, get outside. It was kind of almost the remedy for everything because we worked outside, number one, but also if you just needed a break or if you were grumbly or things weren't going right and you're inside and it's cold outside, we'd bundle up. And there's something, there's something magical that, that, you know, my, my, both my mom and my dad kind of always went back to around fresh air. And so now I feel if I don't get some fresh air in the morning and it's all about breathing, but it's fresh air. Like I'm not a workout inside kind of person, I think for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But whether I get outside for an hour in the morning or 30 minutes or five minutes, I make sure that I get out to breathe um, because it really, it's, it, it could be a mental placebo for me, but it really just helps me feel clean and ready to go. Well, and whether it's placebo or not, like I always say about placebo, I'm like, I don't care why it works if it works. <laughs> exactly. It, and that's, that would be mine. It's, um, and it's yeah. good because air is abundant and it's kind of everywhere and it packs light, you know? Yeah. So yes, um, I can take it with me wherever I go. I love that. That's great. That's so great for the travelers listening. Like, remember, and that's a great way to boost your energy and it's everywhere. Yeah, totally. What about success? Like any stories around success that you learned growing up that you think inform how you look at that now or how that's changed for you? Yeah. You know, um, I think that if you're always trying to measure your success based on what other success measures people have set, then you truly don't feel the um, satisfaction of success when you set measures, when you set your success measures, and they can be within, you know, they can be financial, they can be 
um, time worked. They can be um, people touched. Um, they can just be personal fulfillment. But if you're setting those and you reach them, again, the fulfillment that comes from that or that notion of achievement is what will fuel you to do more. And if, you, if you're only just trying to be successful based on other people's measures and then get that sort of reward or thank you or attaboy on, you know, from them, I don't think that that fuels you for future success. And so Mm -hmm. um, I know growing up, it was very much, you know, of course, rules got to get this done. Yet we had, you know, um, it's going to rain. We got to quickly get whatever done before the rain hits. So of course, there's always things in place. But um, the more that you can identify with those success success measures and um, 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 internalize them, and you achieve them, it's again, kind of a dopamine hit for continued achievement. Um, And so we kind of learned that early on, you know, oftentimes, you know, if if my dad gave us a job as kids, and we're like, we're like, well, what's, you know, what, what is being done with it look like? And he would say, you decide that. Mm. And we kind of want rules. We're kind of like, no, no, no. But what, what does that mean? Does it mean I, you know, row, you know, weed the garden until the end, or do you want all the rows done? And he'd be like, uh, you decide. And we want rules so that we can kind of check it off. But when I set the goal myself and then went after it, he knew I would probably set it higher than if he put some sort of like, you know, um, barrier in place. And so, because I internalized it and then I felt even better when I achieved it. Um, so it's kind of self-driven, success measures, I think is kind of fuel for future success, I guess, in in my life, in my book. And that's kind of how I grew up. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think it applies to so many different areas of your life. It's sort of like what you were talking about earlier with with wellness and listening to your body in that same way, you're sort of listening to your internal cues to success, right? And that makes them more... exciting when you, when you reach them and and probably more motivating, as you said, to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, um, we just want a plan to follow, whether it's an exercise plan or a diet plan, or, you know, when I was running marathons, it was the marathon plan. And, Mm -hmm. and that's great. That is great for at least showing you what's the bar I need to kind of pass. So I'm not discounting that by any means. But if you layer in your own kind of measures or bar within that, you really start to like go after it in a different way. I think that you own. Um, And so, and again, I I love, I love taking a plan. Believe me, I love just, just tell me what I need to do (laughs) and I'll go do do. it. Um, This entrepreneurial world is so, uh, it's so wide open spaces. And at first I was overwhelmed by it, but, um, more and more I'm figuring out, okay, if I set this kind of goal here and then you get to it, um, it's just, it's so good for getting you to the next one and wanting to keep 
going. Totally, totally. Well, and it does, it does feel counterintuitive, I think, to, again, to people who are used to having plans and achieving things based on a sort of schedule or, or whatever. And you and I've talked about this before, this idea of the grand plan and sort of applying that to sort of personal health and how it kind of backfires. Um, whereas what you're describing is that sort of personal agency to, to set your goals, whether they're in your career or your, for your wellness goals or whatever, is uh, and more satisfying and, and more effective, I think, way to do it. Um, yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's, it's, it's worked for me. And, um, but you've got to just, I think you just got to get in there and start doing it. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I'm, I've been there where I haven't. And now, you know, I think even taking this leap from, you know, a corporate job to being an entrepreneur, uh, you're like, Oh, I, okay, great. I did it okay, what's next? You know, and it just kind of, (laughs) it gives you some confidence, but it also gives you a little bit of um, energy to, to go on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to, um, I, I have a question that I like to ask. Um, I don't know if I've asked this to everyone, but I'll, but I'll throw it in here, which is what are your thoughts about work-life balance? What does that mean? Is it possible? How does that work for you? You know, my thoughts are whatever, you need in a moment um, is balance for you. Mm. And that's so like, um, like not specific and, you know, kind of all over the place. But here's an example. I know that sometimes I'm not going to have any balance at all. And I'm going to just be working myself crazy to get to a a certain deadline. Mm -hmm. And that's just what that requires. But then balance it with you know, after that's done, after that time period's done with some downtime or with more mindless work or more time with your family or personal things you like to do. So I'm all about, you know, at least if I can, if I can say, oh God, this week is just going to be intense trying to hit this deadline for whatever I'm applying to or writing or whatever, honor that, recognize it, but then know, like I'm a big calendar person. I then block out time to just like work my ass off, but knowing that, okay, once this date comes, okay, I'm going to block that, that chunk of time or that day or these days or whatever to do whatever else it is. Um, whether it's downtime, whether it is whatever I feel like. So to me, putting it in the calendar almost gives me peace or brings me peace because I'm like, Oh, it's all, it's all, um, accounted for. Nothing's going to like completely surprise me. Um, And again, there's always things you don't plan for, but nothing's going to completely surprise me. So now, Jill, that you set your own personal goals, trust it and just dig in. Mm. Um, I love that trust it part. Yeah. yeah. And and for me, it is calendaring. I I color code. I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm like personal, like I color code different activities or things. um, And I account for everything, drive time you know, workout time. Um, I'm going to prep for this thing on this date. So if I'm worrying about, you know, some sort of like for me, fundraising application coming up and how am I going to, when, what is that deadline again? I can just look to my cat. Oh yeah. I counted for that. And I'm blocked that chunk of time to do that then. And that just gives me peace. And it's kind of like a version of making lists for some people. Right. Right. Um, but that brings me balance because I'm peaceful, even though I know there's crazy times and there's not as crazy times and I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that as like a stress reliever. I mean, it's just, that's what it sounds like. It's like, like you said, it gives you peace. I think that's a really great tip 
for sure. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of my calendar, although I don't color code and I think I might start now because that's awesome. I yeah, love that. You know, it, it, uh, yeah, it helps me. I, um, visually it just, yeah, it's, um, it, 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 you know, it's my little bit of creativity, I guess. Applied to my, <laughs> I think to you a have a lot of creativity. Uh, yeah. I love it. So what's next for you? What are you excited about? I'm excited about the women that we will serve with this, with Genève and what we're, our mission, our mission is to connect women to the answers, to the professionals, to the services, to the products, to the communities that they need to help them manage their health and midlife. And the more women that we touch, like that just warms my heart because that's the mission of this business. I, Genève is a connector. I am a connector. It, it's kind of, I'm a, I'm a, personally, I love to connect people that just need to meet or people that need to come together for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. And the more we can reach more women um, and help them feel in control of managing their health and give them access to the resources or make them aware of them and um, thereby hopefully bringing more confidence back to them because they feel awesome or they feel in control or they know what to expect, that's kind of what's next. Um, and I, I want that to be millions of women. Now, honestly, that is my goal. It's going to take a while to get there, but we're going to do it because that's, I, that's yeah. what we're sent out to do. I have no doubt. And I love it. I just, I just, I think especially now, and I, I know you feel the same way that this, it's such an important time for women to um, step up and make their voices heard and being physically and mentally well is a precursor to that, yeah. you know, and you're helping them do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for everything we do, it takes a catalyst to get us there and also to realize what we're capable of. And there's just never been a better time for women because our catalyst has arrived that will help us realize just how strong and capable and, um, you know, in control we can be of our bodies yeah. and, um, you know, of our lives around us and, and the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see where it goes. So tell people where they can find out about um, Genev. So right at um, www.genev.com and Genev is spelled G-E-N-N-E-V-E. -E -E. So Genev.com. Um, come, you know, sign up for our weekly communications. It's all, it's fun. It's about women's health, about the things no one likes to talk about. We laugh a little because it sometimes <laughs> deserves a little bit of um, humor We've also got some great products, but come and come and find the answers that you want. Ask the questions that you want, engage and, and use it in a way that, that works for you as a woman. And we have a lot more coming in the next few months in terms of how the solution is going to evolve. And I'm just so excited to, to launch that and get that going. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out. I, I am on their newsletter and I love, I love everything. And, and Jill's right. There's a lot of necessary humor in, in a lot of it. And that's, that's a good thing. So thank you so much, Jill. This is so fun to talk to you. That's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Laura. I love what you're doing. I just can't wait to see the women that you touch with this work too, because it's people like you working one-on-one -on -one and one with many that will start to make a change. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit lauradolch.com slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe in the iTunes store. If you liked what you heard, I so appreciate your reviews and recommendations because they help me reach as many women on the rise as possible. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, 
mind, body, and soul. The Riveter is a work and collaborative space built for change makers, but it's not just a desk. It's a transformative movement for all women and allies to succeed. The Riveter is a movement because it believes that everyone can have a seat at the table and access to opportunities. The organization knows that wellness and professional development can be incorporated into the daily lives of working women everywhere, and the space and events are developed to support that. It's a co-working space with purpose. The Riveter now has two locations in Seattle, and the momentum isn't stopping anytime soon. Next year, look out for a Riveter in Bellevue. Then the Riveter arrives in California and Texas. Stay up to date with them on Facebook and Instagram or at theriveter.co.